welcome to this brand new episode of the Film Cinema Movie Podcast. In this episode, we are going to be talking about Justice League hashtag Snyder Cut. But before going into the meat of this episode, I just want to give a shout out to certain people. As you might or might not be aware, just a day before the actual release on HBO Max and other platforms, this movie, the Snyder Cut, was actually leaked online. Whilst pirating any form of content which has a lot of work has gone into making this type of content. So pirating any type of content, movies, TV series or anything is simply wrong. However, in this case, the case in point being made here is that it's even more so for this particular film. The reason being, it has been the work, the result of the hard work and the dedication of the fans for three years to get this version of the movie released. It has been the sleepless nights and unpaid work of a lot of people, including the director Zack Snyder himself from May 2020 to make this possible. It has been, as as he says, uh, they have had to CG about uh, 2600 shots. So a lot of work has been gone into it. A lot of unpaid work has gone into it. And we as the fans need to make sure that this movie is able to get some sort of success so that Warner Brothers decide to restore the Snyderverse. More on that later. I mean, the world is filled with idiots. However, there okay, I, I can understand that you found out this uh, thing and it isn't really, I mean, there is not strong enough legal framework in this country for this. So you download it. Okay, whatever. That makes you a serious douchebag, but do whatever you want but there are certain people who not only download this movie and find it and download it but also share it with their friends this same thing happened with avengers endgame a friend of mine i am sorry to say did that downloaded it and after the release i just i mean i just saw what it was like and it was like really bad like it was something somebody had just taken the iphone and shot the movie 3d movie on a theater just shot with the iphone camera and release it and these people download it and watch it and think it's some sort of an achievement i mean it is beyond me guys now with that being out of the way let's get to the behind the scenes or why this is important why this movie is very important so whilst this movie was in production in 2016 zach schneider and his wife who is also involved with this movie as she's a producer. They had their daughter died. She committed suicide. Condolences for that. And they decided that they would pursue with this movie. However, after two months, they couldn't. I mean, such kind of a, a catastrophe in personal life, is it's you can't ignore that. So they had to move aside from this movie. And Avengers... And um, I mean, the first Avengers and uh, Age of Ultron director, Joss Whedon, who had been signed on for the Bad Girl movie, was came on board for this part. And Warner Brothers promised that there won't be any significant tonal shifts and it would be still be Zack Snyder's version. However, that was not the case. At this point, many DC fans would just go on and try to abuse and t- say sorts of things, all sorts of things about Joss Whedon. But hear me out. Now, when this happened, Joss Whedon kind of was the most qualified person to take up this role. I mean, he had directed the only other superhero coming together, superhero team movie Avengers. So he was 
one of the most qualified persons for this job however what warner brothers overlooked was the significant difference between marvel and dc characters marvel's characters are a little bit more light hearted they are a little bit shallow i am not saying it in a bad way but the characters are a little bit different and you get it like dc characters like batman and superman amongst others are they have got a deeper personality the films or the extend dc extended universe or the comic book universe as well is very much different from the marvel universe and the differences of both the movies are very much apparent and you can i mean after watching the snyder cut version i decided to take myself through the torture of watching the theater cut and the differences are very much clear now in order to appreciate the awesomeness or the magnificence of the snyder cut we need to talk about it in contrast with the original theater cut joss whedon cut as i said i watched the theater cut again after watching this movie and the first thing that is very much apparent is every scene has been chopped off like after watching the entirety of the snyder cut you can see a lot of things have you i mean the blatant cuts you can see like a dialogue here a certain sequence there it was as if they were trying to trim the movie and cut it short in order to get it released in the theaters that kind of makes sense however the course of action that they took for it does not let me explain so the snyder cut is about 4 hour and 2 minutes long and it is very much impossible to release such a long movie on the theaters because i mean i watch i i like constantly consume audio visual content i constantly watch movies i like i'm into this stuff and yet after watching this movie in the afternoon my head was aching the whole day so it isn't easy for an audience to sit through and i was watching this on my flat screen tv just imagine watching it on a theater it's very taxing on the brain to watch it on the large screen so much audio visual material for so long time so it is not practical to release the entire 4 hours on the theater so i can understand the cuts however there are certain useless would be the most polite way to say it. there are certain useless scenes which have been included in the theater cut which if not included would have reduced the run time significantly about 30 minutes and you could add like we have or movies that are 2 hour and 45 minutes or something like that and you could add all of some of those chopped off content in order to make it a good story at least so in that regard what did the justice league the snyder cut have well in snyder cut we have an extended storyline for the aquaman the very sequence that in which batman goes and finds aquaman and then they have have this conversation and a lot of it about the majority of it has been cut from the theater cut and after watching this this sequence in the theater cut felt like just normal thing happened nothing i mean it didn't feel it didn't feel anything deep or it didn't feel like it was important in any sort of way but watching it in the snyder cut felt it gave a different kind of vibe aquaman's character especially in the theater cut has been reduced to oh yeah let's go i mean 
he is like a man child and he's having fun that's all it is in the theater cut you i mean you understand what i mean right in the fights you have got oh yeah you have got my man stuff like that you know he is reduced to the bro of the group and that's very much in contrast with the 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 way the character is present in the subsequent aquaman movie aquaman is one of the characters which has benefited the most from the snyder cut the release of the snyder cut because in the previous movie we saw what he was doing like he was reluctant hero and all of that but we didn't actually get to see the psyche of this character and the way he was presented in that movie didn't transition smoothly into the aquaman movie which released which was released later but after watching the snyder cut the transition is smooth like you can get the vibe of what this character is you can get the vibe of what the next movie is going to be his problems with his mom leaving and all of that so that ha- that is present in this movie so this renders the character of aquaman a little bit more deeper a little bit more complete cyborg is another character who benefited a lot from the release of the snyder cut now originally in the original script the role of cyborg is very much important to the story of the justice league however we don't get any back story like we get glimpses of it but nothing significant in the theater release however it becomes a very important part of the snyder cut and you get to see why this character is so much in denial of his very existence why he is so much brooding in the start and what changes that happen lead to him accepting his powers and accepting it as a gift and not as a curse so there's a whole character arc there's a whole storyline which is very important to this movie which was not included in the theater cut but has been right and rightly so included in the snyder cut similarly i can name more than a handful of sequences which are blatant cuts like the entire sequence of the aquaman where batman goes as i said that entire sequence has been shortened by a lot which reduces the emotional impact of that particular sequence then there's the flashback sequence where wonder woman gets tells the story of it that flashback part and that part also has been cut significantly in the snyder cut you see that part and you, i mean the fight you see that the fight of the the atlantis amazons the tribes of men and all of and the old gods fighting the armies that came to invade and that whole sequence is goosebump inducing in the snyder cut however in the theatrical release it was reduced to some fleeting shots of some old greek war that's it nothing was i mean it made that whole sequence very much meaningless so we understand the cutting of certain scenes and make shortening of certain scenes cutting of certain dialogues in order to make it releasable in the theaters we understand that we get it like we are not happy about it but we understand the decision to do that however there's a lot of unimportant stuff that had been in the theater cut like unnecessary comedy this is not an avengers movie that's my one of the biggest criticisms of joss whedon was including or putting in unnecessary comedy avengers esque comedy or the i mean avengers esque 
punch lines into this like there's a we all heard that dialogue do you bleed and all of that from the bvs and batman just i mean giving it a comic punch like oh something is definitely bleeding and the, i there are a lot of these sequences which are very much distracting and unnecessary to be fair see we have got this thing in the marvel movies where a very much emotionally impactful moment is reduced to gags just by some action or some quirky dialogue or something of that sort the first thing that comes to mind is in the doctor strange movie the first i mean the only doctor strange movie that we had there's a particular sequence where the hero or doctor strange realizes his power where the heroes upcomings movie or heroes coming of age moment and that moment is made that moment is reduced by the gag that follows the moment like his cape uh, touching his face and that that particular sequence so something like that reduces the emotional impact that a moment creates the it reduces the kind of power it is supposed to have the kind of importance the moment is supposed to have for the characters in the movie as well as for the audience however that is very much significantly reduced by the comedic element including the comedic element in it this works for the mcu because this has been set up from the beginning like comedy is a larger part of the mcu but contradictory to that the dcu is not like that because the dc's characters are not like that you can't compare and contrast iron man with batman because even though both have a kind of a similar story and a background like both are rich playboys and that kind of a character both of them are but the motivation and the superhero character that they play are contrasting and and are very different like whilst tony stark is more of a as he says philanthropist playboy and or i mean he is a funny character he is a he is a serious and important character but that character has got a lot of color towards it this is a colorful character however batman is not that a dialogue like something is definitely bleeding or batman smiling and laughing and that kind of thing is not what batman is bat as in the robert pattinson movie that there's the dialogue i am vengeance you know you can get the darkness of this character the brooding i mean the whole logic of batman is to strike fear into his enemies so you can get what sort of a dark character he is and you putting a version of iron man into that character just does not do any kind of justice to the character in fact it reduces the character similarly Josh Whedon has given a lot of importance to the apparent romance between Diana and Bruce. Now, even though this is a thing like this has also been a part of the comic book and the animated series, like this is a thing. You know, they have got some chem- chemistry, they have got some tension, sexual tension between them. However, this is never fully realized. And considering the fact that we already have a lot less time and have a lot of story to cover putting this seemingly insig- insignificant part of the story into the movie just does not make sense and justice leaks the snyder cut completely does away with that part instead it 
tries to create chemistry between all of the characters you have got all of these characters having individual character moments with each other and with the whole team which is at the end of the day much more satisfying and it makes much more sense in the context of this movie then there's also this typical avengers trope of the heroes having a huge disagreement amongst themselves and after which there's a powerful typically powerful moment and they come together into i mean you get it in the first avengers movie we had that moment just before loki attacked i mean hawkeye attacked the shield ship to you get that point you get you get my point that particular moment where the heroes fight the heroes are in conflict with each other they question each other's morality and each other's uh, ideologies maybe so all of this putting in unnecessary stuff and cutting out important stuff what this led to was in the 2017 justice league was it led to some very important moments becoming meaningless some very important the importance or the emotional weight of some very important moments was greatly reduced like as i said when superman comes alive and you have got that moment with batman and all of that and also when he and lois are in the farms and they are talking and that part there there are a lot of sequences which have been rendered pretty much meaningless due to this blatant copying of the avengers trope not copying because joss whedon himself created that trope so basically blatant put, pulling it out and putting it here because that not that isn't how things work now you might be wondering that it is we are talking about the snyder cut so why so many references to the previous justice league movie well as i said it is very important for us in order to completely and fully appreciate this movie we need to understand that what was missing in the previous one that rendered that movie so boring and pointless and for that we need to understand why i mean whatever decisions were taken how they were wrong and how reversing those sim- simple decisions rendered this movie so much critically acclaimed and fan love now let's address the elephant in the room you must have been wondering why i haven't i haven't talked about it well i just needed to get the other, other stuff out of the way so in this movie the main difference is the villain the main villain and the amount of story time that he is given in the 2017 movie we were introduced to steppenwolf as the destroyer of worlds and that's it i mean there was nothing given no background no sort of there was just i like guess single reference of for dark side so you get a got a single little bit different reference to his motives and all of that however in the snyder cut a lot of screen time has been given to steppenwolf and we get to know this character we are in a point in terms of our maturity in movie watching that we appreciate films which have which give us a moral ambiguity well what do i mean by that we tend to appreciate movies more where the villain kind of also makes sense like black panther unlike other movies you know previous older movies where it's just the villain is driven by this desire to create chaos and all of that in in movies like the black panther or maybe this justice league as well and many other movies we have got 
the villain actually makes kind of sense the villain has got layers to his character his motivations and his desires and his what drives him and we can kind of understand that like thanos you can kind of understand like okay he wants something that is inherently bad but you get it why he wants it so it renders him more than just a pure evil or just a black character who just wants chaos or maybe the joker of the dark knight as well you get it you kind of understand the character and so the character of steppenwolf transcended from that typical villainous in the kind of old movie character old villainous black character black in terms of his character not i'm not i mean that kind of came out wrong but you get it so he transformed from this one note character into a little bit more complex character with a lot more screen time you have got this redemption arc of steppenwolf in the eyes of dark side and desart and all of that you have got like you have got a back story sort of a back story of steppenwolf that we don't get that we don't exactly get to know like why he how he let dark side down and how he has to give him 50000 or something like that planets in order to redeem himself and the pain that this fact that he has reduced himself in the eyes of his master and the pain the kind of pain that this causes him and the kind of lengths he is willing to go in order to redeem himself and the all of this signifies how important it is to be appreciated by appreciated by dark side all of this all of the above mentioned things renders this character more interesting and also the advantage of the longer screen time is that this character gets a lot of moments like in the previous theater cut you had just the mother box vibrating and this guy stepen was appearing from nowhere but here you actually have got sequences where he is actually trying to find these mother boxes he's actually working to get there it's not that he is an ever present villain whenever the mother box is on the screen he just appears it's not like that he is trying to find the first one maybe is pretty deliberate when the muskira islands that part however the second one and the third it's it looks like it feels real it does not feel that something is being withheld from us it feels like we are watching this in real time now the longer run time there is one character who has absolutely benefited from this longer run time and the release of the snyder cut and that is dark side because he went from just one mention of his name into a full fledged character in the movie and the longer run time led in led to creating a sort of anticipation for this character a sort of aura around this character like the extended flashback gave us goosebumps and by the thought of this character like how powerful it is that it took so many gods to defeat him and mind you people might be thinking that oh he's so weak and a guy just stabbed him with him with stabbed him with his axe or cut his throat with his axe i mean hit his hit dark side with his axe but remember that was when he was oxus he was just kind of a baby and these people were literal gods he was hit by the god of war ares so you get how important how strong and how fearsome this character is and all of this this aura this fear some all of this traits of dark side has been made it has been made possible for us the viewer to 
realize all of this because of the longer screen time longer run time of the movie dark side is present is not really present in the movie but you can feel his overarching presence looming over the head and by the end of the movie it is pretty well set up that this he is going to be the main villain he is going to be the thanos of this universe i mean it has become just a statement like thanos of this universe like none is the thanos of the conjuring universe and i mean so yeah he is the thanos of the dceu now we have discussed how this is different from the theatrical version how it is better the more run time the more meaningful sequences due to the longer run time of course the better sequencing of the events more time to the characters to develop the characters more elaborate stunt set pieces and all of that we get all of that however what does this mean for the future what does the future hold for the snyderverse well mind you the reason for the snyder releasing of the snyderverse i mean snyder, sorry justice league snyder cut was not that warner brothers suddenly realized that how big of a jerk they are being but it was in order to kick start their hbo max platform they did this so that the hbo max platform could get its kick start i mean its big break kind of thing because it has been i mean fans have been so mad about it fans have been campaigning for 3 years and they want this so warner brothers saw this as a great opportunity to release this movie at a time at a pandemic time where no other movie you can't actually make a movie so i mean jacks zack snyder personally himself tells that the studio did not want him to reshoot anything but he did anyway so there is that so they just wanted him to just release the movie from his laptop that was the kind of idea they didn't want to raise a finished cut finished thing they just wanted it to be yeah just do it anything the fans are hyped up about it and they'd watch it and the hbo max platform would get a lot of subscribers however as the famous dialogue of the social network david fincher's social network which has been applied to this context is that we are not coming for just for the snyder cut we are coming for everything the snyderverse and all of that now talking about the snyderverse let's just try to make sense of the snyderverse first of all so when the first man of steel movie came out it wasn't very well received because of the darker undertones like people said that super man who is the beacon of hope who is the moral compass whose moral compass is like a pyramid and it cannot be moved no matter who beats his head against it his moral compass is the one true thing in the dc universe so how come this character in the man of steel movie has been presented like this morally ambiguous character who does not know what to do he is like a reluctant hero and a reluctant hero trope has been used in many movies however it is he is a reluctant hero for a very long time in the movie same is implied in the batman v superman movie wherein superman is not actually matured into the all good and all everything that's good with this world and strong moral compass he has not evolved into that and that is something that has very much criticized about zack snyder that he is trying to copy or recreate what uh, the dark knight trilogy wherein batman was presented as a dark and brooding character with layers but superman is not that he is like the 
most moral character is the whitest of the white characters in terms of not in terms of color in terms of his personality of course so that was one of the criticisms zack snyder addresses that in this thing that in an interview in a particular podcast i don't remember the name of course it was something to do with real or something scene real or something like that so in that podcast he says that his original plan was to do this like to showcase that what if because every previous iteration of superman had been this morally strong guy and with a strong moral compass and all of that so his original plan with the snyderverse was after this there was in that snyderverse there were three justice there is there was a trilogy of justice league movies the first one was this one then in the next movie dark side would attack the earth and get the anti life equation which is very much which is like the infinity gauntlet of this universe so he will get the anti life equation and lois would die due to batman not being able to sacrifice himself to save lois which would then lead to superman succumbing to the anti life equation and becoming a minion of dark side which will lead to the ravaged earth and the nightmare sequence which has been shown in the batman v superman and this snyder cut as well it has given it has been given a longer run time in the snyder cut anyway so which will lead to that and then batman will reset the timeline and go back and sacrifice himself which would lead to lois not dying and batman not i mean superman not succumbing to the anti life equation and i mean that's the kind of thing that he was implying so that was kind of the idea behind presenting superman as this morally ambiguous character because as i said no director does anything by mistake nothing you see on the screen in terms of plot in terms of visuals is a mistake everything is deliberate and we get why superman is presented this way and we get why all of this has been done the idea was to create a full circle for uh, superman in the second justice league movie he would become the opposite of what he should be he would become the epitome of evil and in the third justice league movie he was supposed to become the the superman that we all know that would lead like batman sacrifice and all of that experience would lead superman to becoming the sole leader of the justice league and also becoming the moral cornerstone of the world that he is so he what justice zack snyder intended to do was not to give superman his moral his morals and his values inherently rather make him learn it through experience make it an experience on superman's part to achieve that level of moral unwaveringness and that level of moral strength and good strength and so that was that would have been pretty interesting i said would have been and not would be because as of now as of recording this episode and i believe as of you listening to this episode there has not been any concrete evidence that warner brothers has any intention to restore the snyderverse so this is very much going to be something that is going to stay in the imagination but as i said we are coming for it all the dc fans are very much very much into it like you gave us the drug now we want more now we are addicted now we want more so we are coming for it all as the saying goes that decisions that we make can make or break our lives which is very true when you compare the marvel mcu and dcu 
you know what let's just do that let's just try and analyze what are the decisions that made mcu so great and what are the decisions that has so far led to the downfall of the dcu so when the mcu started with the iron man movie now let me talk about m- myself first so first the first mcu movie that i watched was avengers i didn't watch the as you i have also talked about in the previous episode that i didn't watch the previous movies that came prior to the avengers in the mcu of course so so the marvel characters like the iron man captain america thor were not as widely popular as the dc characters like batman and superman yes you have got all those comic book fanatics and i mean you have got that core group of hyper super fans who know about it and who know everything about it and who are very much into it you have got that however in the larger context in the entire world the knowledge of these marvel characters was comparatively very much non existent and the decisions that the high level executives of marvel namely kevin feige and all of all of those people took in a decade they took characters from the level of anonymity and from the level of people not knowing who these characters are and making them into household names the decisions that were made to go about with the creation of this world and the continuation of this cinematic universe with in terms of marvel was really what made it what it is today unlike marvel dc has got a larger plethora of characters who are very much interesting characters if you will who are very much well known characters in contrast to that the characters of the dcu like batman superman and all of the other characters have a larger fan fan following because in the dc rules in the animated universe and also in the comic books and so you have got a lot more fans however as i said the decisions whilst the decisions made by kevin feige and his fellow executive in the mcu led to these anonymous almost anonymous characters becoming household names the decisions made by the warner brothers in the executive level led to so many household names so many house characters that were superheroes that were household names rendering them anonymous like we don't get who these characters are even though we know them an example of how this happened would be how the mcu has been structured like our i believe that up till the end game from the first movie till the end game the avengers end game movie of course it had been it had been structured it they already had a blueprint whilst before starting the production of the first ever movie however this is not the case with dcu it feels as if the whole point of creating dcu was to compete with mcu as a result they did not give enough time to build the characters because you have got zack snyder who has a unique vision and you need to give it time like you have to have a few movies in order to build up that so first movie was man of steel then we didn't get a batman origin story obviously we had a lot of batman origin story and everybody knows the story however you need to create that because seeing see the problem with bvs what i felt was that superman is not the superman that we know like superman you have got a morally ambiguous superman so that's not character that's not a character we totally connect with we haven't we really don't know who this character is like we know what he is supposed to be but we don't understand why he is the way he is so there there is that 
Now, added to that strange fact that the Batman character is new, like it was the first time Ben Affleck appeared as Batman and me for one was very much skeptical about that because I had grown up to see Christian Bale. Like Christian Bale was the Batman. He was the Bruce Wayne. So seeing this new guy was difficult for me. So what this led was you could not really connect with any character because Superman was like, you know, he is Superman, but you really don't know him because of the morally, because the way the director wanted to portray him. And you don't, you know Batman, but you don't know him because of the very person that because of his face, because the way, because who he is, basically, because you are used to a different Batman. Add that to the fact that the Justice League theatrical cut, which, by the way, the Warner Brothers still consider as the canon thing, the canon ending or the canon story continuation. It did not give any backstory to the other characters as well. You did not. Only character who had a backstory by that point was Wonder Woman. Backstory in terms of like not knowing how they came, but because everybody knows how Superman came to be, how Batman came to be. But what I mean by not knowing the characters is that how these characters became the versions of themselves that are presented in the DCU. So we don't have a DCEU version of Batman. We do have of Superman, of course. So anyway, so Wonder Woman was the only character who was, and Superman to a certain extent, of course, but who was the only character who had a backstory in the DCU. You had Aquaman, you had Cyborg, you had Flash, so many important characters, but they didn't get a proper backstory or a proper introduction in the theater card, in the theatrical version, of course. In the Snyder Cut, we get a satisfying enough backstory for them, which is enough in the context of the Justice League movie and Aquaman movie, subsequent Aquaman movie did clear a lot of plot holes in the story, of course. But so all of this, like all of this impatience, if you will, contributed to the uh, DCU being created as a very much confusing. It created a confusing world because you didn't give the director enough time to realize his vision. In fact, if this was the goal, like the goal was to be, be quickly be able to compete with Avengers Infinity War. Then you shouldn't have realized to the version of like, you shouldn't have given Zack Snyder the authority to create a unique version because universe, DCU, which has, which is something that the fans have not used, are not used to in order, if you wanted to create that kind of a universe, then you should have given enough time. But these people not only did not give this universe enough time to become a become complete a complete environment a complete ecosystem but they also wanted it but also did a disservice to the fans by presenting a half hazard uh, incomplete product with the justice league 2017 justice league so you get my point, like how decisions have ruined this. So now we are coming towards the end of this episode. And with this, I would like to answer the definitive question at what the future holds for the Snyderverse, like the Martian Manhunter and all of the teases, all of like all of the like Zack Snyder's plans and all of that. What does the future? Well, on paper, Warner Brothers don't want to pursue this because they have got other plans for the DCU. However, 
we as i said we are coming for it also fans are gonna campaign for this because you have got such a cultesque following of for the snyderverse and i mean if i was anywhere in the i was in a voice in the executive room of warner brothers i'd be like dude we have got a cultesque following for this particular comic book so you have got fans that data you have got so many ardent so many die hard fans for the comics then you get people who are very much impressed by this snyder cut movie and particular film this particular 4 hour movie add to that the cultesque following that zack snyder himself has in the circles in the filming filmic circles and you like you have got this and there has been a lot of teases in the movie so you are, so fans are really excited about it so you've got this gold mine of opportunity to make a lot of money to satisfy the fans and all of that and why would you want to go in another direction unless it is like the other direction for dcu is something some idea that we can't think about something very much amazing that we can't contemplate it's something very much better than maybe the snyderverse was if that is not the case and you are just rebooting your batman and reboot the whole plan is to reboot the character then it this the direction of snyderverse is a better way but i guess that we won't know until the time comes so we have to hope that the snyderverse is restored and also even if you have got a another direction for the dcu well it does not have to we have already established that it is not going to be continuous as the marvel mcu you have got walking phoenix joker you have got jared leto joker you have got a lot of like you have got i mean the batman movie has been shot so you have got ben affleck's batman you have got robert pattinson's batman the point that i'm trying to make is that dcu is not going to be a continuous coherent universe it is going to be a, a lot of parallel universes so why not create the snyderverse and satisfy the fan and then go into your new direction because obviously it's going to cost a lot of money but fans are so much hyped up about it that at the end of the day you are going to recoup all of that money because now people are getting to understand the snyder vision so it's kind of a win win situation like if the new direction is in fact so much cool then you can just postpone that and create the snyderverse and uh, recoup all of the benefit monetary and and all of the benefits from it and then go into the other direction and even if the other one is not that good then you already got the snyderverse which like even see the thing with the snyderverse is that it has got so much hype and so much interest that even if it does not turn out to be the way it's intended to people it's still going to be very much relatively successful so there's nothing to lose for the studio here anyway we as fans can do all we can do is talk and conjecture and dishing to say that this should be this and that should be that but at the end of the day there are people up top who know more than us and who are going to make the decisions that they are going to make regardless of what we want or what we don't want and with this we have come to the very end of this episode of the film cinema movie podcast as you know this is the time of the show where i give you my final two cents on the content that we are reviewing and rate it on a scale of watch it right now watch it in the, during the weekend or watch it after a long long time when you are really really bored so for justice league snyder cut 
I am going to review it as watch it right now. It is a great movie. It is a wholesome experience. So all you need is a large screen TV, a lot of uh, you might order a pizza and cold drink and sit there and relax. It does. It is a great way to. wind down after a hard days of hard day work it is a great way it is a great thing to do in the weekend with your family it's a wholesome experience and you must not miss it and with that being said i have been cp this is the films and my movie podcast and i will see you very soon in the next episode of the films and my movie podcast until then bye bye